So uh, I guess probably the most prominent thing would be embodied dance, which is exactly what I was just talking about then. So actually using movement, using sound, using um, awareness and breath, touch to actually shift energy through the body. So if you have, because you know from subtle body work, we hold emotion in the body that's unresolved. Mm. So rather than just using breath and awareness to, to bring that through, you can use the other tantric pathways to actually be in the body and shift that energy through. And it's like a whole other layer of that where you can actually start to work with different uh, energies of the different energy centers within the body and use those to actually help shift things quicker. Okay. And also unearth stuff that's buried so deep you're not even aware of it. Mm -hmm. Find that those uh, those things that are buried deep, they're the ones that come out the most. Mm. And, uh, because something that I was going through yesterday was I was holding on to a lot of um you know it was fear because i'm doing i'm about to do something that scares the crap out of me <laughs> because mm -hmm. i have to be seen in the light and it's like it's it's very complex because i crave to be seen but I also fear to be seen. <laughs> and so and welcome to being a woman. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it took me back to being nine years old and having those feelings. And, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm doing this little practice of loving that nine-year-old girl who was, who was deathly afraid of being seen and, and, you know, it's not like I, I, I didn't go in there on purpose, as in I didn't think, okay, I'll go back to this part of my life. It just came to me. And, yeah, obviously it needed, needed some attention. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's the core desire of the feminine to be seen and the core fear of the feminine to be seen. Mm. So you're not alone. No, definitely not. <laughs> Universal energy. Because, um, yeah, people just, like I talk to a lot of people and they just get it. And then um, I, I found recently that I've attracted a few people into my life that are me a few months ago. <laughs> Past projections, yep. Which tends to happen every time I go through one of these like huge, really fast growth states. And then all of a sudden someone comes into my life and they're like, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm stuck. I don't know what I'm doing. And I can only say so much. I can't, I can't make them grow. So it's, I tend to get a little frustrated because I'm really, I'm frustrated myself for all of these parts of me that I know that I need to work on. Sometimes I push them aside because I'm very go, go, go. 
get stuff done. I need to help this person. Yeah. So it can get a little, little frustrating at myself. Like even um, recently, I, um, I have some friends that uh, I realized, you know, they've really changed. And I'm like, yeah, no, they haven't. They're the same people they were. <laughs> I'm the one that has changed. So yeah, it's sometimes, um, I've talked a lot about in the podcast, um, actually originally heard Phil talk about it was um, sitting at the table and um, I'm no longer sitting at that table anymore. I may visit that table, but I'm no longer sitting there. And so I'm at a new table, new people. And, um, and I know that another, another day, I'm, I'm not gonna be at that table anymore. I'm gonna move to another one. So yeah, it's just, uh, it's sometimes like, I feel good about moving but there's also this sadness as well um not just for the people that i feel like i'm leaving behind but a part of me as well oh absolutely it's that idea of well that's you would have heard of identity death ego death mm. of course we grieve for what was we grieve for that version of ourselves and the memories of what that meant to us mm. You know, growth, growth is never comfortable. No, not by a long shot. <laughs> That's the memory. We chase this fantasy, like this romanticized version of what it means to transform. But at the same time, we, we often gloss over the necessary stage of that, which is the death. Mm. definitely something I'm feeling at the moment journey through the death yeah I was, I was talking about it last night in fact I skipped it because I'm like no nah, I just want to work on fear because I, I had three core emotions which is uh joy um fear and uh sadness and I'm like yeah I just don't want to go into the sadness right now so I went into the fear and I spent 20 minutes crying because it was in the sadness. So there was, it's like, it's, it's funny because it's like you go into this avoidance, but then it shows up over here. <laughs> Obviously, it was what needed to be healed or integrated, you know? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. I find it funny. It's just, you know, you're going to ignore me, but I'm going to show up no matter what <laughs> so you can either deal well, with it's you mm. it's a part of you it's you lo looking for you mm. yeah definitely feel that mm. you know someone asked me um they don't know how to change their life and i'm like okay you got to do this this and this and they're like, how? I'm like, by working, doing the shadow work, by feeling your emotions instead of avoiding them. No response. <laughs> I'm like, yep, I'll uh, talk to you in a couple of days when it shows up again. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's scary because people feel as though, and this is the, the, the most common jumping off, that prevents people from jumping off. It's this idea that, 
once I go in, it's never going to end. Mm. Mm. They feel like they're going to be in a pit of emotion for the rest of their life. Yeah, I felt that. Mm-hmm. Like at the very beginning, I was like, I don't want to feel all this emotion all the time. Correct. And it's because we've basically, we've got this backlog behind us. So we're at the precipice. If you think about it like a cliff, this person's at the edge of the cliff and they've got all this emotional pressure behind them. If I actually let myself feel all of this stuff, am I ever going to be able to get back up out of this hole? Mm. Because they're aware unconsciously of all the pressure building. Yeah. And they just feel like they're going to drown in it forever. But that's where probably the most powerful thing that I've learned to sell people is that true emotion only actually ever lasts 90 seconds. Mm. The rest is strategy. Yeah. process like that remembering what it feels like when those emotions do start to come up yeah no i get that mm. just go right in there <laughs> it's like how i like this morning how i like was pumping music just to change my state and you just brought me right back <laughs> That's good. I like right back. What mm. do you mean? Oh, because I changed my state just so I didn't bring what I was feeling this morning into it. And everything you're talking about is in relation to what I was feeling. So it's just kind of like brought me back, kind of brought me back into my body to be able to feel what I'm feeling instead of changing that state and avoiding what I was feeling. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was actually listening to um, oh, they were both on, you, you know, Craig and um James. Yeah, they both did lives this morning, and and they both said something that I was feeling. I'm like, get out of my head. Oh, and I'm like, no, I needed that. I really, really did. <laughs> Yeah, like I would not wish, I don't think wish is the right word. I would not want to go back to where I was a couple of months ago. No. And have you thanked that version of yourself? I feel like I thank it by doing the growth, by stepping into it. But in the make wrong, it perpetuates it. Mm. So what if that was exactly required to be where you are now? I need to work on my poker face. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pendulum, right? Cody just went in my brain then, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like to I like to make jokes. I don't I don't do it like uh, you know what the first the first time I saw Cody at Pivot, I made jokes 
the entire day. And I was having this conversation with Phil because he went through the same thing where he went to a leadership thing weekend recently and uh, he made a joke and uh, Cody called him out on it. It's like, how about you put that bullshit down and tell me what's really going on? <laughs> and, uh, well, it's like, a deflection mechanism. It is. It is. Hmm. And it's the it's the please response. What's the please response? So you've got fight, fight, freeze, or please. Hmm. And it's this idea of feeling under attack. So you go into the please response. Hmm. Also called the tend and befriend response. I haven't heard that one. Hmm. Hmm. I'm a nerd for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I really do. Um, yeah, learning, just constantly learning, constantly growing. And when I think, and this is really it's funny and important. When I think that I've got it, like I've gone through this big growth stage and I understand, then something happens every single time that brings me back and says, nope, here's something else for you to learn. Mm. Like, have you done NLP yet, Ruth? No. I'm sure you will at some stage, but that's one of the things that they cover up in NLP. It's just the idea of, it's one of the prime directives of the unconscious mind to actually bring things up for resolution. Hmm. So because obviously when we dissociate, when we detach from our experience, the unconscious mind keeps it. It's like, okay, cool. This isn't safe for you to experience right now. So I'm going to put this in this little black bag over here. And then when you are feeling in a state, like you said, oh, life's good the unconscious mind goes oh she's in a good place she can handle this now <laughs> yes yes <laughs> whereas if you were in the shit it's kind of like oh it's probably not very fair right now to bring this up we'll wait till she's feeling better yeah if i got half the lessons that i do now got when i was at my lowest there's no way i would have even recognized half of them correct you need to be ready. Uh, well, the body knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it always happens after that, like, take that breath. I'm like, yeah, I feel really good. And bang, here. Here's another lesson. Go for it. <laughs> Let me know when you're done. 100% yeah. <laughs> can relate. 100%. It's like that like path of growth. It's this idea of just continuing to lean in. Mm. I, uh, I got a call yesterday from Elizabeth Walker. And now I knew, I knew I was going to get triggered and I was preparing myself for it because I'm like, this is like this badass woman who's going to call me out in my bullshit like within seconds of talking to me. And I'm like, I'm like mentally like preparing for like to be called out. <laughs> And yeah, she did exactly that. So I was almost preparing for it. But then, yeah, she uh, threw a couple of things in there that I'm like, oh, oh, you go right to those core wounds, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So it was a discussion about NLP because I've always wanted to do it. 
been wanting to do it for like seven years now. And I made a post about a year ago and she commented and says, message me when you're ready. And I still didn't message her. <laughs> um, but uh, she's encouraged me to um, do something to make money, which is where the fear comes in because it's the being seen thing. And uh, yeah, I'm like, it's, it's like seal it like sitting really heavy on my heart. Like I know I've got to do this and I want to do this for myself, but at the same time, it just scares the shit out of me. <laughs> what specifically are you afraid of? Mm. Not being good enough. Guardian call wound, yep. Receiving. Yep, just keep playing at that biology. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the other one? It was a loving and enough, receiving, being seen. Yeah, not being good enough. Unlovable, that comes in. It's like, hello, guardian. <laughs> about to say, that's when you know you're on the right path. You know, if all your core wounds are being activated, like from a biological standpoint, you know you're on the right track mm. to growth. It's kind of like, you know, if you think about it, like a spiral, like you've, you've, hit the, you've hit the top of the spiral because you're back to the core wounds and you're about to break through to the next layer. Mm. And that's what I was said about leaning in. It's just that idea of, okay, cool. I see the fear and I lean in. Hmm. I was about to say that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm just, I'm calling myself out on those words. Because if I'm trying to do, I'm not actually doing. doing. I'm just sitting in the moment and thinking of all the reasons why I don't want to do it. What's the last thing you want to do? What do you mean, what's the last thing I want to do? So in terms of what would be the, the thing you would like to do the least? The thing that comes up was something I was going to start yesterday because I wanted to challenge myself and that was to do live videos. And then cool. I was, so when you're doing your live? And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> I believe in you. Uh, yeah, but you can believe in me as much as I want. It's in the end. It's Let's do a live video. Let's do a live video now and you no, can no, tell no. everyone that you're interviewing me. Come <laughs> on, Ray. I'll be here to support. You can even show people on the, the camera like that you're talking to me and I can just sit here. And if you get stuck, I'll say something. Oh. Let's do it. <laughs> A lot of tension right here. I want to cry. Perfect. That's when you know you're on the path. Come on, let's go. Actually, my phone's almost dead. Actually, it's on like 8%, 1%. That's cool. So it might cut out during the transmission. That's fine. You can tell everyone that my phone's only flat. You got this beautiful. Come on, let's do it. Let's rip the band aid off. Imagine if this was the one thing that was going to change everything. See, like with this like recording, I can edit all the, yeah, you don't look so good there. <laughs> like, 
That's at a You're risk. in selfie mode. It's on selfie mode. I mean, this in the most nicest way. But you're worse than Cody. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I am worse than Cody. <laughs> oh, I feel it like through my whole body. I'm like, this is not excitement. This is nerves. This is fear. It's excitement. It's the same feeling. It's excitement. It's like it's, this is your body knowing that this is the thing that's holding you back from what you want to create. Time for Ree to be seen. No, I'm even going to tag you in it. Fucking fire, girl. Okay. Oh. You know what the best part is? This is going to be so relatable. Yep. <laughs> this is why I didn't do it yesterday. It's even more nerve-wracking because you're here. Like, yep. Yeah. I'm here to support. I'm, I'm supporting sorry. you. I'm supporting and enhancing you. All right. Oh, God, I pressed it. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, it's live. Okay, great. Yes. <laughs> I am leaning in. Oh, wow, you're listening to too much fear. I'm 100% uh, listening. Oh, thank you. So I am in the middle of doing a podcast with Jessica. And uh, yeah, she's she's really pushing me <laughs> she's encouraging me thank you to uh do a live so i've just spent the last five to ten minutes uh kind of shaking it off and <laughs> coming up with every excuse in the book not to do this uh comes down to my fear of being being seen so yeah um i'm just going to with it so you can see that I am actually doing a podcast right now. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so yeah. Just watching this really awesome live. It's really good. <laughs> so yeah, literally like 10 minutes just shaking it off like nah can't do this. That that challenge me to do something that's less stressful and less <laughs> where I don't have to be seen. Um, yeah, so yeah, I am leaning in and it's scary and I will do it again and again. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so this is just me being seen in my vulnerability and stepping into it and, and, um, yeah. I'm like, if the phone's moving, it's like I'm full on shaking my hands right now. So yeah, I'm going to continue this podcast with the lovely Jessica. And uh, who knows, maybe she'll challenge me to do something. something else. <laughs> all right. Love you all. Bye. Yes. Yes. Where's that delete button? Oh, I won't do that. Ugh. Share. How do you feel?
Ugh. Valerie, 6%. <laughs> so you could have had a whole other 6% of battery worth of video there. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Like, feel it. It's calmed down now. But, like, when it happens, you can feel the tension. It's like a lot of energy. It goes throughout the whole, like, just the chest area. Um one thing I've discussed recently was um, when I used to get triggered, I would feel pain in my arms and my legs and it was like, it was like locked in tight. And um, now I just get like this small area just right here. I'm just going to move this so you can, yeah, it's just this small area, almost like circular. I actually went on a um, podcast with uh, Bill Hedges um, the hypnotist and he uh he did a little thing for me on the on the call which um really helped like kind of calm it down and talk about like changing colors and it was like it's like this trance and it was just really incredible um like even now i'm starting to feel good because i've done what i was afraid to do and can we just take a moment for you to actually acknowledge what you just did right you saw the fear and you went head on at it. You are doing what so few people do, babe. Mm. You are being permission for all those people that feel stuck in their fear. Mm. You are embodying what you want to give people. Permission. Celebrating you. And I see you. It was fucking epic. Mm. Celebrate yourself. As much as you celebrate everyone else. <laughs> You're incredible. I feel like being a guardian on such a fault at times because I just put everyone first. It's okay. And it's also part of your superpower. Mm. And you need to look after you so you can continue to do that for everyone else as well. Mm. Mm, definitely. One part of me is like, okay, what's next? <laughs> the other part is like, no, 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 you're still, you're still feeling that. We don't, we're not going there just yet. But yeah, I do have like the other part of me. It's like, yep, done that. Challenge me something else. hundred percent. It was like, it was hilarious yesterday when I fell off my skateboard. It was just like, oh, okay. I've done the, I've fallen off now. Mm. You know, like it freaking hurt. I landed so heavily on my elbow and my hip, but it was just like bang. And I'd just been to the chiropractor yesterday morning, which was the funniest part. I'm like, well, there's all the chiropractic work out the window. Um, so it was just like smack. And I was like, oh. I, I, I survived and I literally just got back up and started pushing it again and I was like oh, actually that's starting to sting and it's bleeding maybe I should go tend to that but it is it's like that overcoming the fear and you and you're just like oh wait the thing that I thought was so scary I've just I've done it mm. and it's the expansion it's this idea of you know before you're keeping yourself in this box of that's not possible and you've actually opened the lid 
And you had so many people on your live. That was gold. I was like, you had five people on oh, really? live. I only saw two. You and Bo. <laughs> oh, we were the ones commenting, but there is like a little top left-hand corner. You will see the counter of people watching. And it's it's really funny because quite often when I do lives, I, like I reckon probably the most people I've had on at once was nine. Mm. And that was very rare like usually I'm happy like I'm lucky to get two people on so the fact you had five people on there straight away goes to show you've got an engaged audience no one's usually on at this time or at work mm -hmm. doing stuff <laughs> it's just great but I had to do it during the times when I knew yeah don't challenge me by the way but if I had to do <laughs> those times when I knew they were going to be home and scrolling on Facebook then yeah definitely have that fear oh cool story yeah you can say that. <laughs> how, did, how does that change anything it's exactly the same process except I don't have I wouldn't have someone there go all right let's do it let's go <laughs> you got this unless it's myself but it was still you that did it yeah, it was the support, <laughs> that's what did it. Hey, well, well, in that case then, when you go to go live at 7 p.m. Hmm. tonight, I want you to send me a message and I will actually jump on the live and I'll start commenting mm -hmm. and sending lots of love hearts. I won't be doing it then, but I'll let you know when I do do it. Okay, cool. I have martial arts at 7 Okay, well, fair enough. Conflicting, conflicting things. Yeah. But um, just yeah, just give me give me some notice. Let me know when you're going to be going live at peak time, and I'll be on. <laughs> this is great. This is exactly what I wanted to talk about today. <laughs> you get the medicine you need when you need it. Mm. And then, um, yeah, so like I'm working on creating a course and the creating is the easy part. The doing the videos is not the easy part. Like I can create videos without like being in it, right? <laughs> and then it's letting everyone know about the course. Usually, so this is you practicing by doing lives you're then creating the opportunity for you to create more seamless content for your course which is what your your calling and your mission is and then of course it's going to be that that is helping you to promote it so remember that while this might feel bloody scary jumping on and doing the thing it's the thing that changes everything for you it's your goal yeah that's why I wanted you to take that moment to actually celebrate yourself because it is it's a step and knowing that now that that's what you're wanting to achieve it's even more exciting usually skip that part like I do something I'm like okay yeah I've had the feeling okay you can go now I don't take the course celebrate it I'm like yeah that's like, almost like I put it down like yeah 
you've done it, but that was nothing. People do it all the time. I'm comparing myself. And it's calibrating the nervous system to actually receive the magnitude of the thing. Because again, like you said, that's another one of the core, the core wounds. It's this idea of receiving and it's this idea of actually conditioning the nervous system to actually receive. And so often we look for praise on the external when in fact we rarely give ourselves praise internally. Mm -hmm. Like, hell yes, I am awesome. I just did the thing. <laughs> And the other one, hell yes, I am awesome. I just failed and I got back up. Mm. <laughs> so what happened when you stacked it? Like what was happening at the moment? Were you going downhill? Were you? Were no, you... nothing even awesome, Marie. Literally on flat ground. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, I, <laughs> I was learning to push. So I finally felt like, okay, because it was, it was amazing how complicated this is. I was just like, wow, I just thought you got on the thing. And so left foot on the board, right foot pushing off. And then obviously you need to, because you've got your left foot facing forward and you've got the right one pushing. And basically the maneuver that I need to master is being able to push off, gain my balance by bringing my right foot behind and then pivot my left foot. Yeah. So both facing the same direction. So by the way, I don't know if this is going to be an audio only piece, but anyway, I'm definitely using my hands. So I was pushing off and then I put my foot in behind, put my foot in behind. So I'm on there with one foot facing forward, one foot facing back and I've overcorrected. So I'm like, I'm on the board and the board started moving and I've not let in, I've pulled back. So the boards continue to go that way. I've gone backwards. <laughs> Just watching it like shoot up off the down the street. <laughs> oh, I was like, that's comical. I was so excited too. I was like, yes, I won. Because it was the first time I actually got to stand on the board. Yeah. It was like that brief second of I'm actually on the board. And then poof. it's quite funny thinking about what you were saying about I've made it. I finally understand. Wait a second. I was just thinking that when you were explaining what happened, how you, you weren't, you didn't lean in. And you were like kind of you like watching your body, you were like going back. And it's almost like mm. I was saying before, like with these lessons. And uh all of a sudden, like here's another lesson for you. So I have to say, who who would have known that skateboard riding is gonna going to deliver me so many great metaphors for my coaching? Um <laughs> but like I, I've I've like stood on a skateboard before. As soon as it starts shaking, I was like, get off that. Like, I'll be like holding on to something and standing on. I'm like, yep, this is as far as I'm going. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, it was, it was really funny. But I'm, I've actually realized now that I'm probably going to need to get elbow pads and knee pads. <laughs> Just for a little while. Because <laughs> I didn't want to get them. I was like, they're so not cool. Like, I'm already a 31-year-old learning how to do this. And then I'm like, well, do you preserve your dignity by not wearing them? Or do you preserve your body so you can climb the six flights of stairs to the apartment in which you live? So I feel... <laughs> oh. so uh, I lost my train of thought then. <laughs> 
All I'm thinking about is just you climbing like six, six flights of stairs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I was going to say around, uh, there was something around the skateboard metaphor. Yeah, now I've lost it now. <laughs> just... It's all right. It's there. It'll come back if it's needed. Just imagining you with like blood and scars everywhere trying to climb those stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about it before. I was like, like, you know, when I first decided to get the skateboard, I was like, oh, you know, crutches up these stairs. <laughs> mm, yeah. But at the same time, like I was thinking about this as well. And this is where the decision point came for me. I'm like, and again, it's, it's funny. It seems to be a conversation about fear. And I thought, well, who's to say that you're not walking along a footpath and a car doesn't mount a curb and hit you? Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's this idea of life is full of unexpected encounters and experiences. And it's this idea of how much are you going to allow those things to limit you? There's risk in everything. And I guess for me, it's this idea of probably the most riskiest thing feels for me now is like wanting to and trying to stay in the same place. Because yeah. you're really risking all of the possibility of everything that you actually want. That's the biggest risk, not taking that risk. Well, I'm 35. And I've probably spent almost my whole life doing what is safe, which doesn't always work out because a lesson will pop up that'll completely take you out of that comfort zone. And sometimes I'll listen and sometimes I'll be like, I am so not ready for this right now. But um, especially just even the last couple of months, I've um, like two months ago, I was in a lot of physical pain where I couldn't walk. I couldn't move without being in a 10 out of 10 pain. And I was sitting down doing absolutely nothing. And then all of a sudden I had, I had all these things pop up and all these health challenges and then all of a sudden I started actually listening, listening to my body and what it needs. And now I'm doing rather than waiting for the next emotional roller coaster. That is my life <laughs> to be like, are you going to listen to me now or uh, am I going to throw something else at you? <laughs> hmm. And that's also part of the journey, the actual process of going through the resistance. And it's understanding and being able to cultivate the awareness of when you're going into resistance that begins to change things. Mm. So understanding the cycle and knowing that the resistance will come up and it's then choosing how long am I to stay in this resistance? Yep. It's funny, like when the resistance comes up, I immediately feel it in my chest. It's like, yeah, no, but what if? <laughs> but when I did the live, it was like, 
almost like he was trying to push me back like you are not doing this like there is no way almost like there's like this whole other person inside of me it's like no nah, I'm just going to keep you in and keep you safe that is not safe you are not doing this at all <laughs> and that's that's the ego it's this idea of at, at some point all of the strategies that you've constructed to keep yourself safe mm. and the ironic thing is that part of us doesn't understand the difference between facing off with a lion versus jumping on a live video it's self-preservation and this is where i guess back when i used to do a lot more mindset specifically i used to talk to people about the idea of the ego being the ultimate growth partner it's this idea of understanding that all of the things that the ego tells us that we can't do are probably the things we most need to do. Yeah, 100%. Definitely feel that. Like one thing I knew I needed to do was jump on a live video. <laughs> you like don't now. Um, like for example, Phil was doing the, and uh, which I, always encourage him to finish it the 30-day challenge where he, he's going to show up every day and do these videos and I'm like yeah I'd love to do that and I kept putting like little signals out to everyone saying yeah that'd be really cool almost like I wanted them to challenge me to do it hmm. and spoke to Bob yesterday and just like yes I'll I'll can keep each other accountable i'll do it with you and then i didn't hear anything i'm like okay yes i'm out <laughs> and this actually brings me to another really big point Ray, is this idea of external permission mm. it's another thing that holds people back it's this idea of i need to wait for somebody else to tell me that i'm ready <laughs> or I need to have somebody external to me provide the situation and the circumstance in which I can actually give myself the thing that I want. Mm. So it's about taking that permission back, bringing it back internally and going, well, what if I gave myself the permission? What if I gave myself the challenge? That was what made me start that skateboard thing or the the doing new shit challenge <laughs> was essentially it's this idea of okay i've identified an area in my life where i have been so driven and so focused on this one thing which is my work for a really long time and i'm like well i want to try new things and this is the thing that i kept saying to myself over and over again and i was like well challenge yourself to try new things when I saw that post I was <laughs> I instantly went into supportive go you that is awesome I'm really proud of you to being challenged I'm like yeah but what can I do like well you've just done it you've done yours for today you did a live video Yep, that's one. <laughs> 10 days to go. Is that 10 days of lives or 10 days of doing something new every single day? What would be most meaningful to you? 
yeah, the live videos. And without like spending 90% of the time laughing, because that's my, my go-to defense. <laughs> and if you gave yourself permission to laugh anyway, Even if I did, I feel like it's an avoidance. And that's okay. It's the idea of just allowing your nervous system time to get used to being on the live first. Mm. Rather than expecting to be delivering live videos without any laughter, without any stumbles, without any awkward pauses, just allow yourself to calibrate your nervous system to allow yourself to just be on to be seen seen in the deflection mechanism seen in the avoidance and then once you're at a point where you're like well this is old hat now then you can start tweaking yeah it's actually um when i was doing the podcast with phil one thing that came up which i didn't even realize at the time until it came up was i only post when i feel good so i can feel really raw about a situation but I'll go through the process and then feel good about it and then I'll post about it writing not video writing <laughs> but um yeah and so like he he encouraged me at that time to do a post about it which I did and it's probably the most interactions I've had on a post to be honest just because I felt like I was being raw in the moment. And people feel authenticity mm. because at, at the core of everything, everything is energy and we can play into the illusion that a device creates separation and that people can't perceive how it is that we really intended or what vibration we we're putting out when we posted, but a hundred percent, People on an unconscious level, at a deep soul level, know. Mm. And I even watch my own bullshit playing out. Like I can actually sort of map when I've posted something. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That was my shadow. Yep. That's why that's got no engagement. Okay. Yep. And I can actually see the map, like just by watching the amount of engagement and what sort of energy people are giving back to something. Mm where I was at when I posted it. I can delude myself that I can hide. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's how I've gotten to ask certain people about coming onto the podcast because of their energy, because of their, their realness. And that's why I do the pre-interviews beforehand because I need to get a sense of who they are and what, not the, not what they want to say, but what they're trying to say from, from their heart and their realness. And probably almost every call that I've been on, I've really got a, a really good idea on what they're all about. And I'm like, this is the, these, these are the types of people that are changing the world. And these are the types of messages that I want to give out to everyone. The conversations that people don't have. 
And I really respect your pre-interview process. I actually think that that is really valuable in terms of actually creating a, a standard of quality, for want of a better way to put it, because there is so much noise on the online space. The fact that you're being so considered and deliberate with the way that you're actually standardizing this for yourself, because you could 100% go down the route of who's got the most followers, who can I get to get in their audience, even if you didn't believe in what they are promoting or what they stand for. But I really like the fact that you've chosen the route of being deliberate mm. and considered in it. It's great. Do you know that thought did come through my mind at the very beginning when I first started the podcast? Like how it, it was all about sharing other people's stories. It was just about the stories. Like people have got something to say. I want to give them the option to tell people. And I did pick a few people that I knew had a lot of interactions with people. I'm like, okay, that's great. They'll they can share their message. And then I went through, this year has been a really tough year. Um, you know, my son had brain surgery and my cat died and I, I got liver disease and I had a bad back. And it was just one thing after another because I wasn't really tuning in and listening to what I wanted. And... I went to a seven day virtual conference and I got to have these deep conversations with all of these people. And I'm like, this, this is what I crave. I love having these deep conversations, especially when I get triggered. Like, yeah. And that's where I feel that recent growth started. And so I was already thinking about the podcast. I'm like, do I want to bring it back? Do I want it back to what it was before? Or is there something that needs changing? And was after those conversations, I realized it's not just about sharing other people's stories. It's about having those conversations. And so it gives other people permission to watch the video or listen to the podcast and give them permission to have that conversation with someone else. Hmm. Absolutely. And I think I want to clarify around my point around having other people expose you to their audience. That's mm. also a good thing. Mm. And I would say that as long as it's serving both parties, you know what I mean? So it's that idea of that's what I was honoring your integrity. And of course, still talk to people that have a bigger audience so that more people see these awesome conversations that you're having with people. So promote what you do and remain in integrity. Whereas I feel a lot of people lose one mm. for the other. Yeah. I sometimes surprise myself. I go back watching the videos that I do did I really say that? Like, where did that come from? <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, kind of baffles me sometimes. But then I realize that, you know, I study epigenetics every week. I go to circle every week. I have these conversations. I go on the podcast and, and I'm learning and growing and I'm starting to really embody what I'm saying as well. Not just say one thing and then 
go in as avoidance and not actually do it. Like saying, I'm going to do a live and never doing it. <laughs> now I can actually say, yes, you've done it. What's next? That really, I love that question. <laughs> Even though like I had a lot of fear and I was like, oh no, I can't do that. And there, and there it comes that frustration when people tell me, no, I can't do that. I just went into the same thing. Like I understand that. Of course, that. everyone's uh, projection. It's this idea of you, we get triggered on other people in things that we have not yet owned in ourselves. And that's the fundamental of shadow work, right? So it's noticing when those things come up and being like, huh, that's interesting. I'm getting annoyed or I'm getting triggered on what they're doing right now. Where am I doing the exact same thing? Mm. Or where have I done the exact same thing? Yeah. I hear that. Like I mentioned before, we get the medicine that we need exactly when we need it. Yeah, if someone told me all the things that I know now, back when I needed it the most, I wouldn't have heard a thing. And I would have thought they're crazy. Because <laughs> it was only a few months ago, I was having a chat with um, Emily. And, um, you know, she was talking about like meditation and breath work and, you know, stepping into your body and feeling all these emotions. I'm like, yeah, that's a little too woo-woo for me. Like, I, I don't really, it, I don't feel like that's me. Now I meditate. I do the breath work, I step into my body, do the shadow work, and I'm really grateful for it. But at that time, it was like so far-fetched. I'm like, I can do that stuff, but I kind of feel a little fake. Like this just doesn't seem like it's for me. And I'll continue living the life that I'm living. But that was causing a lot of pain, physical and emotional pain in my life. Yeah. And it's again, it's the identity piece. It's just the way that I see myself and the way that I expect others see me. And what do I need to do to continue to maintain this version of myself, this version that other people expect of me? And it, it keeps us in a box. Mm. And for a really long time, it used to, I, I remember how deeply troubled I was by how how I felt so incongruent in myself. Like, you know, I've got this version of me that is so this thing, but it's also this thing as well. But I must ignore that thing because it doesn't fit in with this. It's like, you know, I always use the example of the fact that at a period of time, I, I love this heavy metal band called Cradle of Filth. They're pretty intense. And, but I also like Kate, Katy Perry, like her old music, her new music's crap. But her old music, I actually was a bit of a Katy Perry fan. And I'm like, well, how can I, hold on to this idea of being this heavy metal goth chick and still like Katy Perry. And it used to really trouble me that I felt like I had this really big incongruence, but I realized that that's what gives people texture as well. It's just all these little parts and these little pockets of ourselves that we can shape shift into. It's like, yes, I can be corporate as hell and you know, wear the high heels and go into a boardroom. And at the same time, deeply love cartoons. <laughs> Yes. Ask me about the Simpsons. I've got 
so many quotes, you know what I mean? It's just like, that's, that's one of my core passions. I quote them far too much, but it's, yeah, just holding all those pieces of ourselves and understanding that really it doesn't mean anything. Mm. It doesn't mean anything what we, we do or what we, yeah, it's more about who we are. That's always going to be the core, core transmission. Went through recently, very similar, where how expect I feel about this. Whereas I have this, I quote every movie line. I'm a gamer, I've been a gamer for over 20 years. And sometimes I you know, I play games just to kind of calm myself down a bit. Like, especially if I go through something really heavy, I'm like, nah, just get on, kill a bunch of people, win. Cause I'm very like very fast paced shooter type games. Um, and, you know, I can like binge watch TV and, and there's that part of me. And then I step into the other part where I'm, I'm getting shit done. I'm helping people and I'm, yeah, almost like I always have these two identities. Like half the people know me as this person, half the people know me as that, but they don't know both. And I think that's the exciting thing. It's this idea of how can I continue to bring these worlds of who I am together and how can I continue to explore the, the texture and the flavor of what it's like to really be in all of it mm. and understanding that the people that truly receive me and the people that truly are deserving of the depth of who I am will meet me in this. Like, you know, my closest friends understand that they're going to get a different version of me each time they speak to me. Mm. So, you know, where is she at today? You know, sometimes I'm rabbiting on about the fact that I'm really excited about a new vinyl that I've bought. Sometimes I'm sitting there bitching about why the spiritual community is so backwards. Mm. <laughs> Find it challenging. Like I'll have my, uh, my gamer friends who I'm like, very uh the language in which we speak is a lot more different than how i speak now because i'm in the moments I'm, I'm sharing i'm sharing something with them and basically we we give each other some shit like it's it's like fun banter and then i'm also someone that meditates and does breath work and that's not something they they would really get but it's something and that also don't discount people. And it's this idea of being able to understand without expectation of them changing. Mm. So one of my best friends, we've been best friends since I was, or since we were both 16. And in terms of the depth of personal development work and the way that I live my life, he does not get it. It's like, you know, that, but you're happy and I'm happy for you. Mm. But it doesn't mean I don't talk to him about it. And at the same time, I don't expect him to change who he is for me. Yeah. He's happy with what he's doing. And I still get to share that part of myself. Yes, he's the exception. Whereas I've had other friends, similar situation where I've shared and they've gone, oh, actually, how do I, how do I start doing breath work? Or how do I start doing meditation? It's interesting because I've actually secretly been interested for a while, but I haven't had anyone to talk to about it. You never know what's going to come from those conversations. 
you might even find that these gamer friends are you secretly going, well, I can't talk about all this spiritual stuff that I've been doing because Rhea will think I'm weird. Yeah, almost like I... Do you also get... Sorry, what were you going to say? Well, always, like I, I sometimes look for those types of languages. Hmm. Like the wanting to do things. Because I've, I've approached a few people or they've come just come into my life where they've been like, I could never do anything like that. Like, yeah, that's the type of thinking I was at two months ago. <laughs> I can't do that. And it was that, that can't, that can't attitude. And now I get so frustrated at that kind of attitude. I mean, I just went through it like 20 minutes ago doing the live. I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. Like, no, no, thank you. Challenge me something a little less being seen. <laughs> I'll go for a run. Just let me do that. <laughs> Anything but this right here. It's like, no, no, you do that right now. Let's go. <laughs> anything except the thing that I actually want in my life yeah right <laughs> and I felt the need to circle back around and to also point out that that's not to devalue having separate worlds mm -hmm. sometimes actually having spaces where we can be explore different parts of ourselves without the expectation but as long as it's not becoming a limitation for you it's that idea of if you feel that you have to show up a certain way it's a limitation if you feel that you can show up in that space and you surrender into just being in the experience and that's exactly what you're there for, perfect. You know, it's like this idea of, I'm actually currently in the process of recruiting a personal trainer. Do I want to be talking to my personal trainer about what I do for work? Hell no. I just want to be able to go in there and talk about exercise, talk about meaningless crap and get out. Mm because I talk about my work the rest of the time. Mm. But if it was like, I felt like I couldn't talk about my work to the personal trainer, then it's a limitation. Mm. When I, um, like I went through this whole being in pain and not being able to walk thing. Um, and when I first started seeing him, my trainer that I've got now. Um, I've just been in lockdown for nine months. All I did was talk about crap, everything. And I'm like exercising and talking and he's like, and I'm getting like really puffed out. It's like, you just want me to shut up. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was like, yeah, I haven't spoken to any adults in like nine months, like in person. You're just going to have to put up with just a little bit of my little banter and just just, just listen what I'm saying. You don't have to hear me, just listen. <laughs> well, hugely as a guardian, it's that connection need, right? It's just like, you know, I've been lacking connection. Give me connection. <laughs> it's funny because the moment that I found out I was a guardian was when we went into lockdown. And then Cody's like, okay, so you need to connect with other people. And I'm like, how, how can I do that? And by the way, like, just give me an answer. Tell me how I'm going to do this. Like, I need to know more. You can't just say that and just go. And I'm like, yeah, see, see you in the program. Like, 
<laughs> and at the same time, like, you know, I know Cody, I, I haven't heard him use this saying, but it's also one that I prescribe to definitely with my clients is, you know, you can give a man a fish and you'll eat for a night. Mm. Teach a man how to fish, he fishes for a lifetime. It's the same deal. If Cody gave you the answer, you wouldn't be developing the resources to find your own answer. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Because like I sat down, I'm like, okay, I'll write down how I'm going to do this. How am I going to connect with others? And that was the beginning of it. Like I went into becoming superhuman and I connected with some of them. And then I connected with other people and other people. And all of a sudden, I can't shut up. I'm connecting with everyone. Everyone's instantly my family. It is just, it's like, sorry, your family now. <laughs> just like after one conversation. Now I go to Circle on Thursday nights and they're my family. And, um, you know, even though like I'm deeply triggered by the conversations we have, I'm like, yeah, just. Someone hold me. <laughs> Holding myself, it doesn't feel as good. Just need someone else to do it. I um, went to martial arts for the first time in months and we got to go in person. And um, one woman there, she comes up to me and because of the whole COVID situation, she goes, oh, can I give you a hug? And I'm like, oh my God, yes, please. Oh my God, it's been so long. I was like holding her tight and then everyone's coming out to me. I'm like, just give me a hug. <laughs> it is amazing. Like I, well, you think about people in general, people are tribal creatures. Like, you know, what do they do to hardcore prisoners in prison? They put them in isolation. It's this idea of we are not designed to be alone. Like even introverts, hardcore introverts do need some social interaction. And that physical connection, that exchange of oxytocin that occurs when we when we're held and we're hugged, where does we're hardwired to crave it from birth. It's what continues to gain that attachment with our mother, mm. that positive feedback loop. funny I was um I was talking to Emily actually and um or she was discussing it um with the group that we're in and how when she first met me which was about a year ago it was at Cody's event pivot and um where I had to hug people and I was like yeah no thanks like I'd rather not <laughs> And I was like, um, even like many years ago, one of my um, one of my good friends, um, the, she said the first time she ever hugged me, it was like hugging a stiff board, like, <laughs> and uh, a lot of people, especially Emily, like she she tells everyone that I give the best hugs. I'm like, do I? <laughs> I go in this, I go in this like go from being really like tough and stiff and like don't touch me to please love me <laughs> i just want someone to hold me right now <laughs> again the guardian superpower guardians give the best hugs and it's this idea of my core need is is connection i'm terrified of not getting my core need met so i'm just not going to let myself meet it by disconnecting mm. so it's that idea of okay i can't get my needs met here so i'll, I'll just withdraw first yeah 
and we all do it, you know, depending on whatever it is that you your core need is. Yes, definitely to be loved <laughs> and held. Lots of hugs. Like I go through and I went through for, for this for years where I just didn't like being touched at all. And even to this day, it's been almost 14 years since I've gone to a hairdresser. Because I just, I just don't like people touching me. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'll just cut it myself. Get a bit of scissors. It's done. It's fine. Looks all right. I don't need anyone touching me. It's okay. And even like in relationships, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship where you haven't liked being touched, but it's, it's not, it doesn't last very long <laughs> for starters. <laughs> and because there's no connection there at all. There's, there's no um, physical or emotional connection when it comes to someone being so kind of uptight and yeah, don't touch me. I don't want to be touched. And if I went through why I was feeling that way, then I would feel differently about it. Yeah. Just like being in a relationship when you don't like that physical touch, it's not just physical, it's emotional as well, because you're not having that connection with someone else. And, you know, and I think it's, yeah, if I talked about it, about why I was feeling that way, it would have, it would have been different, but I've gone straight into don't touch me, leave me alone, relationship's over. And I would be the one leaving every single time. May I ask a very confronting question? Absolutely. Ignore my big smile. <laughs> it's okay. We've already established that your deflection medicine mechanism is to please. So that's okay. I see you and that's fine. Mm. How are you with touching yourself? Better now than I was then. I would hold a lot of shame around that. And I do still have shame that pops up because I have shame around pleasure. Yeah. So I think cultivating a depth of intimacy with yourself mm. and creating safety with the sensation of being touched is, is fundamental. And I'm not just saying in a sexual way, like just actually being comfortable to touch your body like you notice that for me, I do it constantly without even being aware of the fact that I'm just like, you know, my hands on my heart, like, you know, I'm just, or, or I'm touching my, my, my body, I'm touching my legs. It's just this, how do I receive myself? How do I create safety to receive? Yeah. I, um, I'm going to be interviewing someone on the podcast who's a sexologist and um, yeah, she does these little workshops in the group that I'm in. And she did one yesterday of just like stepping into your body and just feeling what's coming up and, and, and being okay with it. And yeah, it was, um, you know, it was, it was, it was short, but it was, it was a good feeling because I could feel the energy in my body. Whereas before, if I felt that energy, they'd be like, yeah, no, that's like irritation and I don't like it. 
and I'm not going to, I don't want to feel this right now. And then you insert this person over here who touches my shoulder or my arm and be like, yeah, no thanks. Cause I can almost feel that like the pain and that's mainly due to not stepping into my body and feeling what's coming up for me. Go straight into avoidance. <laughs> this seems to be my word of the day, by the way, avoidance. <laughs> but um, I, I've spent my almost my whole life just stepping into that. Cause it's like, yeah, I don't want to feel that. So I'm not going to feel it, but I do. And it was a strategy that kept you safe. <laughs> yes. So it's about honoring the strategy that was developed at a time when you didn't have the capacity to, do, to think outside of that strategy mm. and understand that it has now become a limitation for you. Mm. So honoring what was, it's this idea of, you know, I even think back to when I was in the fitness industry. There was a long time after I, I left that I rejected that. It was this idea of, oh, you know, can't stand fitness industry, can't stand all of that stuff. You know, it felt feels so inauthentic. And I went through this period of really resenting it. And I was at this point that I finally realized that, oh, if I hadn't actually spent all of that time developing all those skills, going through all of that and going so deep into it, it was such a crucial and critical body of knowledge for me to have to actually excel in what I do now. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, okay, I actually honor and respect that that was required. And it also doesn't mean that I need to go back. It's this idea of I see you and thank you for all that you've taught me. And I choose to step forward. Mm. Feeling that. So honoring the avoidance, thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for providing me safety when I didn't know how to find it otherwise. I see you and I appreciate you. Mm -hmm. And I choose to step forward. Yeah. Which is what you did today for life. Mm -hmm. Do it again and again. <laughs> and that's what I mean. It's just honoring. Yeah, until then. we didn't do the active honoring the avoidance piece, but you can, you can honor the avoidance. You can feel it in your body. You can be like, thank you so much for keeping me safe. Yeah. Thank you for all those times when I didn't have the resources to be able to step forward, but now I do. Mm. So thank you. It's like when I'm going through that, like I want someone to say something that's just going to make me feel better. Mm. Like you don't have to do that life. It's okay. Perfectly okay. I'm like, okay, great. That's awesome. But at the same time, I'll be like thinking about it all day. Maybe I should have done the live. Am I going to do the live? Do I need to do the live? And then it's just this, this constant battle within myself. So I appreciate you being there for me, to, encouraging me to do it because it's definitely something that I needed to do. Of course, I want to see you win. Mm. Man, a lot of emotions have come up in the last two hours. <laughs> it's part of my it's part of my medicine it's this idea of you know just being being in my being in my field it'll do that it'll just be like all come up yep. 
like I had a client say that to me recently and she's like why do every time I talk to you I cry and I'm like you're welcome yeah <laughs> so what if the crying was just part of the process of you moving towards the solution I think because I have a lot of um, shame around crying. Shame is one of the biggest addictions in our society. And it is what keeps more people stuck than any other drug. Yeah. So shame is an indicator of another box. you know I, I get embarrassed it was that idea of like yesterday like I shared when I've talked about the skateboard was the idea of I'm embarrassed to admit I don't know what I'm doing and so you just... could have either Sorry. I thought so yeah. where did I cut out the box yes so shame is another box and shame is an addiction and it keeps more people stuck than any other drug in the planet. Mm. And it's this idea of understanding that sometimes shame can be standing between what it is that we, where we are and what it is that we want. And I was using the example again of the skateboard and the idea of me actually having to admit that I had no idea what I was doing. And I was embarrassed. And I could have allowed that embarrassment to keep me away from the fact that I wanted to learn how to skate. Or I can actually say, well, I'm embarrassed and I still want this thing. Mm. So what if it was okay for you to feel the shame for the tears and understand that the tears were part of the medicine required for you to dissolve what it is that you've been holding on to? Yeah, definitely. Like a part of me knows that and I hate the word no because it it means that I'm I may know it but I don't really fully understand it. Like I'm not embodying it. But intellectually. Intellectually, like you know, that that's okay. But the it's one of my favorite things that Cody has taught me actually was the idea of the gateway to embodiment is to first know. It's this idea to to be aware of is the first step. So not to shame the knowing. It's when the knowing becomes the, I know. Yeah. Mm. So you, part of you knows that it's okay to cry. I tell people that. Doesn't and mean you have to like it. I don't go in front of people. Like we went on the circle last night and it was the first time that I like cried in front of people. And usually in those cases, I'm like, yep, video off. I did that in the Becoming Superhuman. Cody would say something, made me cry. I'm like, oh, oops, click. <laughs> And then I'll be like trying to get it all out and like I'm, I'm wiping my face and like shaking and I'm like, okay, get back into it. But yeah, but I don't do that anymore. 
like I feel what's coming up. Sometimes I'll feel the hesitation and I'm like, I'll do a little cough or clear my throat because I know that the emotions are like, I can feel them in my throat. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't. If you do that now, I, I can't speak what I, I can't say what I want to say. And again, that's another strategy. There would have been a point in your life where you were made to feel like it was unsafe to cry. Yes, 100%. So it's like this. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for being there for me when I had no other strategy for how to cope. Mm. And I now understand that this is a limitation for me. So I choose differently. 